Welcome back to another episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan, joined as always by my friend, the founder of Startups.com, Will Schroeder. Will, there comes a time in pretty much every founder's life, kind of from the point they started until the point where it no longer exists at all, uh, where we look around at times and go, this is a shit show of epic proportions. What do we do, right? So like, you know, when the investors have pulled out, when the staff is running for the hills, uh, when, when suppliers are cutting us off, all this stuff's going down, we're out of money, nothing else left. What do, what do we run on as a startup? What is it that's powering us at this point? Your blinded optimism. <laughs> that's the ticket right there. That's it. <laughs> that's all we got left. <laughs> it's an expensive fuel, but it burns it hot. Expensive fuel. You know, but it powers every startup. It pounders, uh, power pound. <laughs> I'm with you. It powers the founders. Uh, pounders. It, I, I get you, man. I know <laughs> wow, what you meant. that was great. I speak typo. No, but I mean, seriously, if you think about like kind of the almost the entire trajectory of most startups, yeah. you want to believe. That later on, you know, once we get through your, the shit show part that I guess everyone yeah. deals with, there's the Shangri-La part where everything's just cool. Yep. Not. Nope. Like, it just, no matter how many times we think we're like past that point, we keep having to come back to, I guess we're just going to have to run on optimism for a while. <laughs> right. It's the nature right of the now. beast. You, you, you start to see some success. You start to trade up uh, your victories. You also start to trade up your problems, right? They scale right, right along with the startup, it turns out. Uh, so get used to it. It's okay. It's part of it. It is, but but I think that you know in the early days, and I, I kind of let's call this freshman year, where everything <laughs> sure. just seems like a disaster. Uh, there's a bit of a playbook to this whole thing, right now. Sure. Now we're not going to sit here and talk about how some of it's cool. Yeah, you know, don't sweat it. Uh, you know, no, under left and no, it's not. No, it's not cool. None of it's cool. Right? No. But what we need to talk about is what is the playbook. Sure. That founders use founders like ourselves, Ryan, who've actually been through this enough times to know, even though it's going to suck. Yeah, this is exactly what you do to get your optimism back to get through this whole thing, so that you can get yourself to the other side of it. All right. So before we get into this next topic, I just want to let you know what we talk about here is like one percent of the conversation. You know, really, this conversation is going on all day long online at groups.startups.com where Ryan and I pretty much talk endlessly with founders about every one of these topics. So if by the end of this discussion, you like the topic and you want to dig into it a little bit more with Ryan and I, just head to groups.startups.com and we'll pick it up from there. So, I mean, you've, you've said this before. I've heard you say this to founders over and over and over again. Like, look, what's done is done. Yeah. You got to move on now. Right. Like you can't be spending all of your time looking in the rearview mirror um, because the ship's still moving forward. Right. Are there rearview mirrors on the ship? I'm going to go with no. I think you just turn around <laughs> at that point. Um, <laughs> so in any case, uh, there's a rearview mirror on this ship um, and you spend a lot of time looking at it. Um, yeah, you're going to yeah. end up running into other troubles. Right. So it's it's not just a matter of let this go for your own sake. Yes, that's also true. But you have to let it go for the sake of your startup. Right. The, the amount of time you spend looking backwards. And I'm not saying don't think about it. Right. Don't analyze what went wrong, but give it its proper analysis and then put it to bed. Right. I, I know people who are, you know, a year later and I'm watching all sorts of other problems crop up around their startup and they're still focused on like what happened a year back. Um, not a good, not a good thing. Right. Um, no, and, it, and so it's, it's going to look like uh, we've been working with this one investor and they've been telling yeah. us the entire time that that they're going to put money in. And we just learned and we've been burning down to the last dollar always <laughs> that yep. 
that they just pulled out. You know, right. we're fucked. And yeah. we're going to sit around and we're just going to think about that. The moment they said no, what's done is done. Right. Right. There's right. nothing we can do about that. Not going to change not how we're going to think about it. Right. We're going to beat ourselves up about it. We're going to keep talking about it. We're going to pretend like the fact that it's done doesn't matter that somehow had we done something differently, it's going to change the present. <laughs> yep. And we don't have that time to waste. Nope, not at all. Like, okay, so you said, uh, you know, get, get past, don't think about it too much. And I think we'd both agree at some point, maybe we have some retrospection, of course, you know, teaching moments 100%. that we can learn from. Yes. You have to, you have to analyze it, but, but like one night, just, right? <laughs> yeah, you can't keep carrying it around with you. Get it over right? in one night. Yeah. Here's the problem. Whatever we do, however we internalize this or beat ourselves up, et cetera, is going to get reflected tenfold in the organization. Yes. The last thing you want to see is that the founder who just missed out on a funding round is running around with their tail between their legs, you know, terrified of what just happened. Because now <laughs> here's what we did. We just yep. projected that problem onto the rest of the staff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're all freaked out which actually makes the problem a hundred times worse. Way worse. And boy, does it travel fast. I mean, and just like you said, even some of just the physical manifestations, like just watching how you move around. You know, people are paying yeah. attention to this yeah, stuff, yeah. right? We're all very perceptive animals at the end of the day. And this is not one of the situations where you ever have to say it again so the people in the back can hear it. Um, it gets through the organization really fast, right? And it's obvious to, to be able to tell like when, when somebody's shook. Um, the decision-making starts to change, right? Meetings start to change. We go into emergency uh, mode. And so, look, sometimes you have to, right? <laughs> right? Go back to your example. If you're burning cash and you just found out that that, that you know, 250 grand or half a million or whatever was coming um, in the bridge round isn't coming, you do have to make some drastic decisions sometimes, right? But right. that's sort of the point here. Um, if these things are as grave as you're making them out to be, it's about what happens next that actually matters, right? It's your reaction to them that matters. If you're spending all of your time analyzing the mistake, trying to take away some, you know, crystallized learning from it, you're going to run into another problem really quick. So if you're trying to collect issues, this is probably a good way of going about it. Um, but like, let's just say it one more time. When it's done, it's done, right? You have to pivot and move from that point forward. Circumstances change, your actions have to change. Um, so that's where you want to be spending your time, right? Getting the ship right. back on course again, making sure that you can survive under these new circumstances, whatever they might be, and making the decisions in, in sort of the, the best light possible, um, which is not while facing backwards. Right. And at that moment, all eyes are on you. Yeah, 100%. The founder, the founding team, what have you. Yeah. Everyone's going to look to you to say, how are you reacting? Because look, even if you act great and they don't believe you, that's sure. one thing, okay? Yep. But if we react shitty, <laughs> and they were like, man, my only ounce of hope was yeah. that you were going to, you know, lead this thing. Right. That just makes like it guarantees failure. Right. And so never looks of, good to see the general riding towards the, uh, the rear line. I just going for resupply. I'll be right back. You guys stay here. Keep fighting. <laughs> I mean, look, part of the importance of having optimism is generating optimism. I think that, we have yes. to recognize that as founders, yeah. that's a really great point. This, this auto-generated thing. We have to wake <laughs> up every day and create it. Yeah. We have to look for the little areas that are still a positive. Okay, wow, yeah. funding round fell out or key developer left, et cetera. Okay, what can we do to kind of drive this forward? Where is the optimism, right? No, that's really interesting. Yeah, I think it's easy to forget too that not everybody's going to be as inherently optimistic as the founder. Exactly. Right? We forget that. It's like, well, I'm I'm still, you know, whistling and, and happy over here. Why isn't everybody else? Oh, well, because they know that that funding round just got pulled out and they're all worried about whether they're going to have their jobs in a month, right? I may right. know the answer to that. They certainly don't. 
Um, and to your point, right, the, you know, if, if we're, if we're looking defeated and, and kowtowing to the world, then it's not going to be a good look and it's certainly not going to spread optimism. It's going to spread the opt- opposite. So, um, yeah, it's a really good point, Will. Um, and I don't know that I've ever really thought about it that way before, uh, in terms of how dependent the organization's optimism is on us. Right. And look, we don't have the luxury and I understand we can go home and cry if we want. Right? Yes. <laughs> We're welcome to do that. But do you we have to don't wait till you get home. Luxury. Is the car okay? You know what? Do what you got to do. Just okay. don't do it in the office, so to speak. Okay. You know, got it. And if you're got working it. remotely, you're already at home. You, you got yeah, it all true. Out. So I don't do technically it I can start crying in the middle of a meeting and be okay. <laughs> look, the, the, the point though is we don't have the luxury as the leadership in yeah. an organization to, you know, to, to cry over spilled milk, right? Sure. And I know internally that makes it hard for us too, because we keep thinking that successful companies, uh, successful entrepreneurs, what they yeah. must do is they must make a lot of the right decisions, right? Not the way it works. Successful entrepreneurs make tons of bad decisions yep. and tons of things go wrong. This thing going wrong, no matter how bad it is, is one of a million things that's still going to go wrong. This is yep. all part of the process. It sucks. Going back to freshman year getting stuffed in your locker, dealing with acne or whatever you're dealing <laughs> yep. with, right? It sucks, puberty. There's nothing cool about it, right? But it's part of the process. You have to go through it yep. and you have to look past what just happened five seconds ago in order to find that optimism. Yeah. Okay. So let's, 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 put, a, uh, let's put a direction on that. So I, I think what we're, we're kind of getting at here is our, our next major point, which is around focus. Right. So right. Uh, at the point of which you've, you've decided, yes, I'm going to, to leave the bags here at the station. I'm not going to bring them with me. I'm not going to drag it around in the streets. Um, I'm going to move forward. Focus becomes the key element to moving forward and, and having success after one of these major disasters. Yeah. Well, I think what happens is uh, we get so distracted in the moment yeah. of what just happened. Yep that we, we take away all of our capabilities to actually become successful. Right. I'll give you an example. Years ago, I met this um, British SAS officer. Right? He was an ex-SAS uh, officer. And uh, he had developed this munition that allowed you to shoot people and learn what it meant to be able to take a, uh, a, a live fire shot. Right? It, it mm. spun in a way where it didn't hurt you, whatever. Or hurt, but it didn't uh, kill you. Um, Yikes. And no, so thanks. I asked him, I, I said... Um, I, I, I've got to imagine you must have been shot at some point. And he said in his perfect British accent that I'm not going to try to uh, murder with, with, with my own version. Um, he said, yeah, I've actually been shot five times. I was like, at the same time? He's like, no, in five separate engagements, I was shot. Yikes. And I was like, wait, wait, what? You've been shot? Either the most unlucky person? He's like, no, I'm, right. I'm in close quarters combat, right? And so uh, when people game. are firing close quarters, you're going to hit each other, yeah. right? And so I, I said, okay, well, how, how did you not die, right? He said, here's the, the basics of your training. He said, when you're, when you're in the middle of a firefight, you cannot think two steps ahead. He think, says, the only thing you can do is focus all of your energy on I need to get to cover. I need uh-huh. to reload. I need to yeah, sight up. I need to fire. I need yeah. to not hopefully get hit again. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah. And I might change the order on those. I might start yeah, with right, get right. hit again. I might just put that first. Uh, fun fact, he said that uh, people don't die from getting bullet wounds. They, he dies, they die from um, the shock and the bleed out of bullet wounds. He said yeah. the whole point of his munition was to f- get people to fight through it, which made him the biggest badass I've ever seen. That's, anyway, that's pretty interesting. He, wow. He, um, <laughs> but but he, I'll never forget what he told me because this idea that when the shit hits the fan, 
you cannot focus on lots of things. You nope. have to isolate and focus on one thing to get to the next step. I mean, so our own biology example. teaches us this, right? Like, oh, this yeah. is the, the whole point of adrenaline um, is, is not just the energy it gives you, it's the focus, right? It literally forces you into like a pinhole camera mode where all you can see is what's right in front of you. I mean, people talk about this when they're, when they're having true like physical adrenaline reactions, right. that it gets down to that tunnel vision. That's on purpose. That's so you don't pay attention to what's over there and what's over there. You know, like, oh, tiger, but there's bananas on the tree <laughs> over there. I think I'm hungry. I'm going to go get a banana. No, you're going to deal with the tiger, right? So right. yeah, it totally oh. makes sense. I mean, the, the analogy holds here. Here's what happens, though. Uh, funding round breaks. I know we're talking a lot about funding, but let's just focus yeah. on this for a second. We lose a customer engagement, same thing, right? Yep. And immediately, here's what we say. I need to find another investor. I yeah. need to find another customer. The problem with that level of focus is you can't do that in one step. I can't sit down right. at my computer right now and find a customer or yeah. get an investor, right? <laughs> if it was that easy, you probably wouldn't be having this problem. Yeah, right, right, right. Here's what I can do, though. I can sit at my computer and I can say, in the next hour, I'm going to create a hit list of who I want to reach out yep, to. Exactly. The hour after that, I can focus on crafting three emails. The hour yeah. after that, I can get these emails off to people. I need to chunk up my day in such highly focused, minuscule bites yep. that all of my attention can be, get, can be put toward getting to that next step. Yeah, exactly. And nothing else. Nothing because else. Because at yeah. that moment, I don't have the luxury because shit had just hit the fan, but I don't have the headspace <laughs> right. to be able to create optimism by trying to pursue broad amorphous goals. Yeah. I need to get my optimism back by showing progress with tiny goals and actually get them done. You know, by the way, I just want to mention if what we're talking about today sounds like the kind of discussion you wish you were having more often, you actually can. You know, we're online all day every day working through exactly these types of topics with founders just like you. So any question you would have or maybe some problem you just want to work through, we're here and we love this stuff. And we're easy to find, you know, head over to groups.startups.com and let's just start talking. Yeah, and it's 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 so hard in the moment though. I just want to reflect on that for a second because, you know, it, we see this happen all the time, right? You and I definitely talk to more than our fair share of founders in crisis um, and, I see this a lot where they kind of go into what I'm going to call the spooked horse syndrome, right? Where now they've, they've been spooked by something, they're scared, and now they start to make really big movements, bold decisions, the type of things that should be, you know, reserved for when you have plenty of peace and quiet and plenty of time to ruminate, yep. they're now making on the fly because they feel like they, something drastic just happened. So, of course, my reaction must be equally drastic, right? right? And I just don't see that play out favorably most of the time. Right? And so I think that in addition to what you're saying about focus and breaking that into steps, it's break it down into something that's absolutely manageable, right? And, and it's not only is that the path forward um, as, as a company, I think for the founder, it's really important to get back to like immediate little quick, tiny little steps just to find your footing again, to get back on balance. Um, because I see it far too often where founders get unbalanced by something and they start making unbalanced decisions in the middle of what's already a shit show. Right? right? Not the time to lose your mind, right? You gotta just focus in. I think that the smaller the target, um, the easier that becomes then to tackle and to ensure that you're not going off reservation simply because, you know, some, some short-term bump in the road has now caused you to go completely cabal. I think it's a few things. I think part of it is 
when shit hits the fan and you've, you've had a big setback, et cetera, and you've yeah. kind of lost, lost your optimism, you need something to be successful with again, right? So building the email list, sending the email, et cetera, those are all small, tiny wins that build back success. Uh-huh. And let's zoom that out for a second to not just us, but to the rest of the organization. Well, we need to step back and say, hey, we need to make sure everyone else is having their wins as well, right? In other words, we need to give them small bite-sized things that they can say, I'm making forward progress. Yep, exactly. Because the fastest way to rebuild optimism is to show progress. Sure. Fastest way to lose optimism is to send people on amorphous tasks that have no real chance of winning in the near term, and the near term is so important um, that, that we can't get around it. I'll give you an example. When a company, a public company's stock price tanks, at that moment, investor enthusiasm and, and optimism plummets, right? Probably yep. internal enthusiasm yep. plummets, right? Yep. Completely flies the coop at that point. Correct. And, and at that very moment, you know, everyone's running for the hills. Yep. That is the most important moment to show some, some breath of life. That company yeah. needs to show that it has opportunities. It shows that the people that are interested in buying the stock and running it back up have something to buy into. Yeah, exactly. Our optimism is like a stock, right? When it plummets, we got to build it back up. We got to get people interested in buying that stock again, right? And and there's a method to that. This is the method, by the way. It's getting people, ourselves included, ourselves most importantly, back on the horse, back making forward progress as quickly as possible. And to that point, celebrating each and every one of those little milestones as you cross them, right? You have to, right? I think that's... The other issue is that when you've just had a a massive issue or failure, I don't really want to call it a failure. I mean, it may feel like a failure. It's probably, you know, sometimes it's incumbent on the founder. Sometimes it's not, right? We can't always link those things. Um, Sometimes it's just environmental, right? And we're just stuck by, you know, whatever the, the major swings of the market are. In those moments, we feel like, okay, we just had this major bad thing happen. I'm not going to talk about any little good things that are happening because they're so dwarfed and sitting in the shadow of this big thing that happened. Right? right. And I think that's absolutely the, the wrong way to take that. Right. To your point, we've got to build momentum and momentum starts with small movements. Right. So we've got to take the little movements. We've got to celebrate them, rebuild that optimism, rebuild the team's pace, rebuild everybody's enthusiasm and energy and get things moving again. Right. Um, now, you know, not everything is going to be, you know, a, a big glamorous win. Um, we've talked about this before in another podcast where we want to celebrate all the little wins along the way anyways because that's really what the big wins are made up of, right? Those, it's just an, it's a collection of tiny little wins that at the end, sure. you can sort of put a, a visual bow on and say, yeah, all those things collectively turn into this outcome. That's great, but you have to maintain that optimism momentum, particularly after some sort of a big uh, shortfall. And so, you know, I want to reinforce that. What you're saying is absolutely correct. We've got to make sure we break these things down into little steps. And then as we're taking and passing each one of those little steps on this new trajectory forward, we've got to make sure that everybody's feeling fucking awesome about accomplishing that stuff. Right. Because what we're talking about is, again, a game plan here. Yep. Actually, how we rebuild optimism. And if we break optimism down into its core parts, we're talking about wins. Yep. Right. We're talking about seeing the future as better than it is today. The way to do that is to have things go well that we can recognize. (laughs) Right. The way to totally mess that up is to only dwell on the things that aren't good. Yep. And, and there's so many aspects of building a startup, especially in the formative years, that are shitty, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just kind of the way it is. And if, if all we do, if all we do is just kind of double down 
and oh my God, that went wrong. That went wrong. This person left. That didn't go the way we wanted to. We are screwed. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's it. Trust me. There is no startup that gets by because things just keep going so well in every direction. Right. And I can't believe how much money people are throwing at us. So, you know, that's just, that never happens. Right. Yeah. And if you think it's just not happening, your startup doesn't happen to any startup that's bananas. It doesn't. You know, I think it it becomes easier with time, certainly with experience. When you've kind of been through the ups and downs before, you start to realize that, you know what, this is part of the journey, right? This climb yep. up this steep side of the hill, I'm going to enjoy it as a hike to the extent that I can, knowing that I get to ski down the other side, right? But right, you, right. you've got to do the climbing first. And so I, I think it is really, really difficult if this is the first time you're going through it. Listen up. You're going to go through this a hundred more times, a thousand maybe. So just take it easy, take a breath. Um, and you know, you started this from nothing, right? So the fact that it's now facing some adversity, if anything, is a great sign, right? right. It means that you've made it far enough that you have high quality problems. Um, that's way better than this thing dying in a notebook somewhere. So congratulations, you've got big problems. Those are the best kind to have, um, because it means you're on your way towards something, right? So yeah. to the extent yeah, you yeah. can try, try to enjoy the adversity, right? It just think of it as an additional challenge on the way. Um, and you know, nothing, nothing ventured, nothing gained, right? This is what, this is the, the road that we chose, the path that we chose. We didn't do this because it was easy. Um, jobs are easy. Uh, we did this because we wanted to leave some sort of mark on the universe. Well, turns out there is a reaction that is equal to every action, right? And so this is the universe acting back. It's like, I'm gonna leave a dent on you too, kid. This is what happens, how we play. In my mind, Ryan, I don't feel like our optimism should be left in the hands of fate. I don't think as yeah, founders- Right, we have the luxury or we have the responsibility of just hoping things go so well so often that optimism just becomes itself, right? Yeah. yeah. That's it's ridiculous and it's impossible. The only way long term we're going to continue building optimism, building momentum for our business is if we make it happen every single day. We run yep. a playbook, and we constantly recognize that just like it's important to keep sales going and keep our funding going, etc. Keeping the optimism going is our lifeblood. And guess what? It's our job. All right, so that was fun. But let's actually keep this conversation going. You've heard what we think about this, but you know, Ryan and I would really like to hear what you think. And we're online like all day long, pretty much talking about every startup topic you could think of, from fundraising to customer acquisition to just really how to get all of this crazy startup stuff out of your head. And there's tons of other founders just like you. They're weighing in on these topics. So you'll get a chance to just hang out and meet some really smart founders. We're also super, super easy to find. You head over to groups.startups.com and let Ryan and I hear what's on your mind. Let's get to know each other a little bit and let's just start having more of these conversations.